0: Welcome to Box Cutters episode. Oh my god, it's Melbourne Cup Day. We forgot to do an episode. Well, not really forgot, but uh, Brett's away. He's, uh, he's taking the weekend off, long weekend, being Melbourne and Melbourne Cup Day. That Monday, completely useless to most of us. John, uh, he's busy doing John kind of things. And uh, me, I'm recording this in my bedroom because... Uh, I couldn't be bothered going into a studio. So, clearly, the sound quality's not going to be great. Uh, bear with me. My name's Josh Canal, by the way. Box Cutters, all about television. In this special edition of Box Cutters, no episode number, just a special edition for the Melbourne Cup weekend, I'm going to play an interview that I did with John Safran a couple of weeks ago. I recorded it for John Richards' show, The Outland Institute, uh, And uh, we're talking about race relations. John Safran's race relations. His new television show that is on the ABC. If uh, you heard the Outland Institute version, this one has some special extras in it. Goes for a little bit longer, has some more information. Hopefully, you're going to find that information really interesting. If not, eh, you've wasted some download. That's all I can say. Uh, So, without... Further ado, why don't we uh, go to some John Saffron? Hi, this, this is Jane. I'm Andy Chandler. Anderson. This is fabulous Adam Television's Scott Brennan with the, the lovely men. They're very exciting. Funny. Britney Britney Gorgeous. I love them. Soylent Green is box cutters. 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 And it's pinnacle. Download the hell out of it. Oh, maybe that's not mine. Also, I forgot to mention that I recorded this interview via Skype in a giant warehouse that uh, had probably worse audio control than uh, my bedroom, where I am now. So I had to start it... Well, you'll hear how I... Start hey, Josh, how are you? I'm well, how are you, John? I'm good, we're good. Uh, hang on, I've, I've got to get under a blanket. <laughs> under a blanket? Yeah, 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 it's, uh, it's my makeshift studio. <laughs> uh, which 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 is essentially a, a blanket over my desk, so that uh, it doesn't echo too much. <laughs>
1: This is cool. I feel like I'm like, it's you know, like pump up the volume with Kristen Slater or something, you know? <laughs> that's... Gorilla Pirate Radio and yeah, stuff. Yeah,
0: that's that's exactly <laughs> what it is. Now, are, are we going to pretend that we don't know each other?
1: No, is no, no. I we, shouldn't pre- we shouldn't know each other. I, I, why, why, <laughs> would, why would we particularly pretend that? Of course, you're going to play some weird lie. <laughs> like, <laughs> what do, what I, do you think it'll be like some Media Watch thing of how I, I only got scored the interview because I knew you or
0: something? Yeah, 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 but, you know, because we go to the same gym.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, sure. No, 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 we, de- <laughs> we def- definitely should talk about how we know each other.
0: Excellent. All right, race relations. Yes. Doing, uh, uh, having done Music Jamboree. Yes. And having done uh, John Saffron versus God. Yes. Uh, this is another investigation of, uh, of pretty much the way the world works. Sure. That's that's what it seems like.
1: Yeah, it's about Uh, cross-cultural love, but lots of things spin out of that. So, yeah, it's all about, you know, if you're from one ethnicity, what's the pros and cons of, especially if you've been brought up in some, like, ethnic family where you kind of, there's a lot of pressure to kind of just marry someone and keep your traditions going. It's like, what's the pros and cons of breaking free
0: from your tribe? And uh, how long does it take you to actually do research for a a series like this?
1: Well, for this series, it was, like, pretty much my entire life leading up to the first day of filming. (laughs) Because I grew up in, like, the Jewish community where it's, like, it's heaps of pressure and a real, like... um, For your entire life, like, you know you have to end up with a Jewish person. You know, it's either pressure from your parents or even from the community a bit and even your friends a bit and stuff like that. And it's such a hot-button issue that, yeah, it's something that's been... Um, going around in my mind for ages it, it probably probably when it first became a real big thing was when I went out with my first non jewish well my first girlfriend who was non jewish in first year uni and there was just instantly there was this sort of fun tension going on because she was like you know a uh, south uh, south American Catholic and I was Jewish and stuff, so everything was like he said everything was exactly sort of like all the issues that you can imagine can happen in cross cultural love
0: and so so that that 's the the basis of uh of your research but then you're no no no, to- no
1: there's he- heaps of reading as well i i got i just obsessively I, I get i get really panicky when i'm leading up to a show especially like like that there's some idea out there that i'm only going to find out if i kind of read and discover it and stuff like that and and so just massively reading even if i'm just uh, scanning through books like really fast and not you know not bothering about every single line or even if I'm just working my way backwards by looking in the index and trying to find, you know, whatever. It's like doing that kind of research has paid off often enough that, that I kind of have to keep on doing it. So to give you one example, um, like in in this show I, I was I, I bought I bought this book on Jewish exorcisms and I didn't know anything about this and it was like this is academic book and I just thought my, my intuition was like there will be something here for the show. There'll be something here. There has to be, hasn't you know, it's about Jewish exorcisms. And then um you know and these were like things that happened hundreds of years ago. And then so I'm reading this book, reading this book and then like finally out on about page one hundred they talk about this Um, ceremony where if you kind of um, want to to talk to a dead person, if you kind of like, if if you've got troubles and you don't, and you need answers and stuff and it was just this ceremony that happened hundreds of years ago in Israel where you'd go next to the graveside of someone and and dig a hole so you're you're lying like in a grave next to them (laughs) and then you sort of like say this special Jewish prayer and then their spirit comes in you and sort of helps you answer your problem. So when I read that I was going. Oh my god, this is it! So yeah, I do that in I think episode six or something of this show. I think yeah, episode six of this show. I do that Kabbalah ceremony. So yeah, so I, I do I do heaps of like reading of like books like that, and, and I love reading anything about like you know m- mysticism of all the religions and stuff. I, I just find it really interesting.
0: Well, and, and this also is uh, is pretty much the the first show where you've had. An absolutely huge budget. It seems like be- because you've travelled all around the world. Sure, uh, d- d- it's, a bit a,
1: it's a yeah. Uh, the budget was bigger than uh, versus God, but I, don't, I actually, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know exactly. But I, I think adjusting for inflation and all that kind of stuff, <laughs> I'm not sure it really was that hugely. Um, more maybe we just knew what we were doing this time, so, so the cameras were in focus and stuff, so it looks classier. But we de- we definitely <laughs> there was also I, I had a lot of I, I was a lot more kind of confident with um, sort of like making kind of producers' decisions this time than I usually do. Like I was very unshy. I was like um, c- compared to other times. So for example, there's in, in one of the episodes I go undercover as a black person in Chicago for three days, and we'll, and we and we we're just like oh my god, how are we going to pull this off? Like it's just the hardest thing ever because um, to get makeup done to look like you're black for a TV camera, that's kind of relatively easy. But to like be, imagine if I'm like standing five centimetres away from you and you actually think I'm a black person, like that's the, the hardest thing to pull off. So we kept on like during pre. But, 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 but
0: they, do, they do that in Mission Impossible all the time. <laughs>
1: yes, but I, I, th- I, th- I think if you, if you were actually there on the set that day, you'd see the actor looking like a person in makeup as opposed to looking like a black person. <laughs> but then, it's not real. Yes. So, so then we, we're just trying everything. Like I was going down to Chapel Street and getting sprayed five times, and and we're trying to figure out like. What is it that makes you look black even if your skin's a bit lighter and stuff like that? And then we, we hooked up with this guy who did stuff for Lord of the Rings and he gave us some guidance but it still wasn't working and like we just couldn't get it and then we, we, we found out that these guys and they'd just won the Academy Award for the curious case of Benjamin Button, that Brad Pitfield, and they did that, mm-hmm. and they did like the prosthetics and makeup for that. And they'd totally incidentally been had spent a year researching exactly this thing for a, for a different project where where they're like, how how, how are we going to pull off people being black in the real world and stuff like that? So, so we just hooked up with them and stuff. And obviously, when you go down that path, it, it's like, it's, it's a mega financial risk, you know, and stuff like that. But we'll, I was just like, no, we have to do it. We have to do it. We have to do it and stuff like that. So yes, with this show, I did kind of make more because I was so desperate for the show to be good and all that stuff like that and you know you you only have one chance and you know and all that kind of jazz so yeah i made i made kind of riskier production decisions this time uh
0: with that and and with the risks that you're taking yeah uh, there's obviously i, I mean you' you're trying to point out uh the uh the issues with ethnicity yes uh but it is Uh, there are people who will misinterpret that as just out-and-out racism. Sure. Uh, How are you dealing with that?
1: Oh, I, I kind of find... I mean, it'll be interesting if people say that. I don't really mind if people I, I i get if it was some like some sort of like compounding thing where i kind of got the impression that everyone f- thought thought that i became a social pariah or something maybe i'd mind or whatever but i generally find that with my stuff and i've noticed this on like versus god and everything i do is i'm always offending people for things like these things that are other than kind of doing shtick about ethnicity so so like for example in episode one of this show everyone's outraged because there's a uh, salacious sex aspects of it, not really. No. So the whole of episode one is uh, race relations. I'm there, I'm making Jewish jokes and Asian jokes, and, and just saying like all this real inappropriate stuff about everyone. I and mean, yet, yet the thing that's controversial is, oh, I'm I'm whacking off in a Palestinian sperm bank, and then the thing that's. Uh, that's offensive as I'm sniffing women's underpants. So it's, it's, it's kind of like stripped... Of, even though the entire show is basically some race joke every four seconds, like I'm, like, Don Rickles on speed, somehow that's all, like, I get away with that. I also know... But, and it's it's always other things that get me in trouble. But the same with Versus God, you'd think, oh, all these religious groups would be after me. But it wasn't. It was like... When I did the Exorcism episode, it was like, oh, mental health groups contacted, <laughs> S- I was contacted SBS and said, that's dangerous to put on because, um, you know, people with mental problems can misinterpret that and blah, 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 blah. And that was the same with music. M- music I also got in trouble for apparently disturbing mentally disabled people. So, yeah, I, um, ho- hopefully. I, I, don't, I don't think I'll... I don't think I. I think everyone will kind of be okay with the race stuff. I think I really hate how because my stuff has happened in at the same time as like Kyle Sanderlands and Daryl Summers and all that stuff. That somehow it's like me, Kyle Sanderlands, and Daryl Summers against the PC Patrol. It's like I don't want to be on their team. I want to be on some. Other, I, I, I want to be on some other team besides Kyle Sanderlands and Daryl Summers' team. I also also like the thing um, because obviously we're, t- we're referring to how was a blackface controversy on the Hey, Hey, it's Saturday reunion. Yes. But, um, yeah, I like how, like, I think I'm some, like, edgy, ahead of the curve alternative comedian, right? And I'm uh, like, man, how cool am I, right? And then, basically, I'm pipped at the post with his blackface by Hey, Hey, it's Saturday. So I'm sort of, yeah, like, they win. I'm behind Hey, Hey, it's Saturday.
0: H- have you ever seen the uh, the Saturday Night Live sketch where Eddie Murphy goes undercover as a white person? Oh, really? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I yeah. don't know. It's like... A- and so they, they do kind of the, the same thing, and uh, and and make him up to to look white. Yeah. And it, there's one scene where he's on a bus, just on a you know public transit bus. Yeah. And uh, and everyone else on there is white except for this one passenger, they wait for that passenger to get off, and then suddenly, like, streamers come from the roof of the bus, and (laughs) they're all having a party and and stuff like that. No one ever brought that up once during the whole Hey, Hey, it's Saturday thing. Uh,
1: The hypocrisy of it all. It's political correctness gone mad. That's
0: what I'm saying. I I do
1: find that, like, my style, what what I personally find funny, and my style is more like, in tune with that American stuff. Like, Americans love all that kind of race humour and ethnic humour and stuff. And I love it too. Like, I, I just love, like, Chris Rock and I love Larry David when he... Like, that season when he... Um, of of curb your enthusiasm, where he takes in a black family from uh, who uh, suffered in the hurricane or whatever, and it's like this whole season of, of su- it's almost like the super twins of of Jewish humour plus black humour. <laughs> I, I just love it, but it's kind of weird in Australia because we kind of don't really, I don't know, we don't really do that here. So it's like it's like my stuff is so influenced sort of and sort of is more in that kind of framing of the kind of thing you'd usually see. Americans doing stuff like that. But, um, yeah, but somehow I do it in Australia where, I don't know, it's a slightly slightly different context.
0: Well, do, do you think there's this sense in Australia of, oh, well, we're all multicultural and, and we all need to live together and we all need to, to uh, live alongside each other, but then when it actually comes to dating or marrying someone from uh, from another race or religion, then there's, no, 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 you can't do that. Sure. Like, everyone's all, all up for multiculturalism until... Uh, it starts to affect affect them in the house.
1: I think. I think. Yeah. I, I think the other confusing thing compared to America is like they love talking about these issues all the time, so they're out there in the open. Whilst like the kind of stuff you just talked about, them that is definitely true. But it's all like spoken about behind closed doors. Like it's not like you know what I mean. So it's like both in the ethnic communities, like it's such an issue. Like the, like for so many people, like oh, you know, you really should have to keep your culture going by marrying someone within your own culture and stuff like that, and and it, it, just goes on but it goes on behind closed doors and it's something that's for example not discussed on on you know a current affair or something like that and or on kerry-ann Kenley and stuff like that so it's it's always like it's always like hard to gauge exactly what the issues are in australia because because it's not really talked about in the open a lot and um but but definitely, when you scratch the surface like just because just i 'm always blagging about this stuff you know versus God and on this show and stuff I, I just end up in conversations with people down the street all the time about the issues and it 's just it 's such a valid issue what i 'm bringing out out in race relations like it just is but like so many people especially from like little from immigrant families and from ethnic communities in Australia, just to like you know, their parents are like, you know, you are betraying your past if unless you marry someone from your own culture.
0: Yeah, I I find that whole that whole thing uh fascinating. And uh
1: And, and then, uh, then even white like because like, I, I I guess from my experience it's more finding out about out about all this stuff from, you know, different ethnic types that I talk to, but but then occasionally like you'll talk to someone from like Country Victoria who's like just some white person and I'll say Oh, yeah no, if I ever brought a black person home, it would be dire so it's, so it 's still out there even even on that level i think a bit
0: and and there is that kind of separation between urban and uh and rural uh consciousness about these things as well sure which i I just find amazing
1: yeah yeah definitely because i'm i 'm like so i 'm not only in a bubble by being some inner city type i 'm like in a bubble in a bubble like i 'm just like like so, so i'm I'm really bad for kind of gauging what's actually going on out there in australia, so from yeah from my perspective i'd be like, oh yeah, um you know, stop picking on those people from rural australia i'm sure they're good and stuff like that but but then like sometimes you you'll be talking to someone yeah from you know out there in the country and stuff like that, and they will tell you they'll go, oh John it's okay for you you live in you live in inner city Melbourne where everyone's like you know, understanding and doesn't try to, then tries not to be offensive and stuff like that. But if you, if you live in like rural Victoria, it's like people are just racist and stuff like that. So yeah, it. it but it's confusing for me to kind of gauge of how much of an issue it is because obviously that requires quantitative and qualitative research, and I'm just. Some guy living in a bubble in a bubble in Eastern Kilda.
0: Yeah, but you read lots of books.
1: Yeah, I read lots of books. <laughs> God, books can really you know you know books are, are are a bit of a trick because because you start if you read lots of books you think you're being kind of it's like a, you know oh, it's not like I get all my information from TV and stuff like that so you think you're being you get a bit vain and you think you're being like clever and stuff like that and like you're not an idiot who just sort of like gets all their information from television shows or whatever but but. But books just lead you down bad paths, also, and and like you know, and it's and, and there's no, it's no, it's no compensation or it's no substitute for just experiences in the real world and like learning stuff from the real world and stuff and from people in the real world. So, yeah, but one one of the we actually we were, we actually left this out of the show, but in one of the first drafts of the script was all it ends up because I go because basically a lot of the show is me reading stuff in books and then going off out and testing it. So, like, I'll read this autobiography by this fat old white guy called Henry McCow who went over to Asia to, because um, he said um, Asian women age better than white women, so you should marry an Asian woman. So I, so I read this book, and this is like, I actually did read this book, but then I also read it on camera. So I recreate re- reading the book on camera, and then that sends me off on all these insane journeys, you know, including I go around to ex-girlfriend's houses, like mainly white but one Asian, and then um, I ask whether I can make out with their mothers so I can test this thing about whether I'm going to be more attracted to an Asian woman or white. <laughs> anyway, so but the start of the show is like reading a book and then my imagination just going in some wonky direction, and then at, at the end of the series, initially, it was me burning all these books because I realize books just send you astray and make you kind of, yeah, so but. And then, then I think that ended up
0: on the cutting room floor for some reason. Uh, because, you know, people would be uh, offended by Burned, a book, burning. A
1: book burning. Maybe, Yeah, maybe I should have bought burnt books. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, I, I want to ask you a, a, a question that I've, I've had in my mind for a long time. Now, there are a lot of similarities between us, John. I mean, we're both Eurasian, uh, being, you know, European, and my father's from Uzbekistan. I don't know where you're... Uh,
1: oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah.
0: Right. Yeah, so you know, so we both have that going for us, but we're both also big uh, Beastie Boys fans. Yeah, sure. And in uh, in Music Jamboree, you did this reenactment of when you met the Beastie Boys. Sure. uh, And Hurricane basically stole your girlfriend. Sure. Uh, And and that that was like one of the most heartbreaking things I've ever seen. That you know, uh, meeting heroes like the BC Boys, yep. and then just having them diss you so badly. I know. Are you are you over that yet? Because I wouldn't be.
1: Well, I'm not over that, but actually that, that, that segment in Music jamboree was a big influence on this show, because Music jamboree we had like heaps of, rather than having like one director just directing the whole series, we just had like heaps of directors just, you know, just directing all sorts of different segments and stuff, and that was directed by this woman called lynn Marie Milburn, and she, and and so for this for this series, race relations, we have heaps more of these sort of going into my past, and, and we needed re- reenactments done. So we, oh, and I, so I thought about how well she'd kind of directed that and got all these great performances out of the actors, and and so, yeah, so 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 basically in this series, she directs all the all the reenactments and stuff like that, and that girl who got stolen from DJ Hurricane, she features a lot in this show. Oh, cool! Yes, and also for like hardcore Race Around the World fans, remember how I put a I put a voodoo curse on an ex-girlfriend on Race Around the World ten years ago? Yes, that's right. Yeah, she, she features in the show. Heavily. You get you get to see the girl I put the voodoo curse on in her present day life um, in this series.
0: Oh wow! Because
1: she, that's she a... yeah, because she was actually she was the girl I put the voodoo curse on was the girl who DJ Hurricane stole from me at the, or tried to steal from me at that Beastie Boys concert, and then. She also features in a few episodes here. She's, um, yeah, so that was fun getting her permission because in, in, in this series, all, all those other kind of um, occasions, I think I didn't mention her name. Oh, no, I did mention her name. Uh, uh, maybe, I, I don't know, but in this one, it's like I'm holding up photos of her and, and I visit her and stuff like that. So Oh, yeah. that's
0: cool. Yeah. That's, uh, that's, that's really exciting. And um, your DVDs are also... Uh Always re- really good. Are, are there anything? Have you got anything put aside for the DVD extras?
1: Yeah, there's the what prob, we've got because uh, we've had to do the DVD now. So, be, because like just because of the cycles of when they put out in the shops, if we wanted to get it out by Christmas time, we have to have it all polished basically by midday tomorrow. It, we have to sign off on it. And and there, I, I probably what's, what's interesting in the extras, we've got like. We got cool interviews because there was sometimes like there's just like a little s- snippet in a story, of of some interview and and then but the actual extensive interview was kind of kind of interesting. Like I interview this guy called David Irving, who's a Holocaust denier.
0: Oh, you you actually met with David Irving? Yes, yes, yes. Oh wow!
1: So not only not only met with him, but zinged him if if that's the word. Did a bit of a <laughs> a slight um, aggressive, um, you know. Is prank the word? I've noticed, I noticed, I noticed how, like... You know how, like, um... You know, politicians like to have euphemisms, Like, they don't want to say, we killed civilians, it's like friendly fire and all that crap like that. I noticed, like, pranksters, like me and the chaser and stuff, we're always trying to come up with some other word besides prank, so we sound more sophisticated and better. But basically, I pranked David Irving in a later so episode.
0: Above and beyond just doing your mama jokes.
1: Yes. <laughs> yes. So, um... And, yeah, so there's, like, an interview with him. There's also... There's a story... I did a story with Father Bob Maguire, and it didn't quite fit... And even though it was, like, really funny, because Father Bob just is always hilarious, and every time he opens his mouth, he's hilarious, it didn't quite fit into the logic of the show because I've got this sort of weird, sarcastic relationship with him anyway. So it was, like... And 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 so there was just something. Even though it was really funny, it just kind of like stood out for some reason. Like because I'm acting different around him than when I'm acting around anyone else. So that ended up on the cutting floor, but will be a DVD extra. Oh, cool. So yeah.
0: so there is there is stuff to look forward to then. Yeah, John, thanks so much for your time. No, thank you. I really appreciate it. Uh, John Saffron's Race Relations is Wednesday at. 8.30 on ABC?
1: No, 9.30. On a 9.30. on ABC One.
0: Excellent. Yeah. Thanks so much for your time, John. No, thank you very much.
1: Bye bye.
0: And that's my interview with John Safran from a couple of weeks ago. As I said, it originally aired in an expurgated form on John Richards' Outland Institute show. Thanks so much to John for, uh, well, John Safran for giving us his time. Also, to Jade Gulliver at Joy FM, who helped us set up that interview. Until next week, if you want to email us, hooray at boxcutters.net. You can also check us out on the blog at boxcutters.net. Text us, you know the whole thing. We'll be back with a proper show next week, and also maybe the winner of Brett's Crumpler Beanbag Giveaway Pitch Competition. Entries closed last Saturday night. That was October the 31st. Lots of people actually got their pitches in right at the end. We got one in at 11.30pm on October the 31st. So we're looking forward to going through all of those. Thanks so much for your pitches. Uh, And yeah, hopefully we'll have a winner for you next week. Until next week... My name's Josh Canal. Absent is John Richards. Also absent Brett Cropley. Hey, let's be careful out there. thanks 3 R whose studios we use to record this podcast pretty much each and every week. Find them on the web at rrr.org.au or 102.7 FM if you're in the Melbourne metro area. If you enjoyed this podcast, please go onto the iTunes Music Store or anywhere else you find us and leave a review. It will help other people find Box Cutters and then they can enjoy it too. Email us at hooray at boxcutters.net or via SMS on 0458 288 837. That's 0458 Cutter. And this is the bit of the podcast after the credits where uh, someone says something witty or, you know, John and I have a a little chat between us or, uh, you know, Brett says something and then we say something over the top of that. And anyway, they're not here. So there's not going to be that bit this week. Hi, this is Pete Smith. You've been listening to or have just missed Box Gutters.